0: Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. My man Patrick takes songs from a particular soundtrack that inspired him for one reason or another, plays those selections for us. and Based on the song selections, we are supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music and today's featured film, New Jack City. Oh, yeah. Is this the... The opening and the 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 intro and the outro song I of it is def- definitely the intro. This one they were
1: singing about the, uh, the Co- cans that were on fire, like they were over there keeping yeah. their hands warm.
0: And I thought it's t- I thought this one scene at the beginning of the movie where they're hanging the dude off the bridge. Remember he's hanging the dude off the bridge? Oh yeah. And then they kind of fade off, and I thought they go into this song, but I could be off about that. But anyway, uh, New Jack City, great soundtrack. Realizing that today, I shouldn't be surprised because my man Patrick broadened our horizons always uh, doing that. But letting us know that, hey, man, even some of our favorite movies, we might not be appreciating the soundtrack as much as we should. That's definitely the case with New Jack City. All right. You can be a part of the show. Specs Tech Sound the best place to do it. 512-337-3776. You also hit us up via Twitter. Hardball Harge at Hardball in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis, the idealionaire in the real MVP is at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. All right, let's get... Oh, I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse, by the way. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's get to some Texas footballs, uh Texas spring football news, notes, and nuggets, and we also have some sound from Steve Sarkeesian that we're going to get to as well. Um, but I want to start with the everybody starting with the quarterbacks, and that's the big topic of conversation. And Sark uh, did talk about you know the quarterbacks on Monday. We did play that cut where he talked about uh, the young quarterbacks. But getting to some of the insider reports, shout out to our good friends over at Inside Texas. They're doing some really good work covering every spring practice. My um, man Jeff Howe, listened to him earlier on Light the Tower, one of my favorite programs. You can catch it yourself from 10 to noon right here on 104.9 The Horn. And Chip Brown actually was on with Chad and Zay. So shout out to horns twenty four seven doing a really good job of covering the practice. So I basically kind of just, you know, piecemealed and scrounged up a lot of the different reports that I heard from all of those different sources and uh, just got some news notes and nuggets for us to cover. But I one of the things that got me really excited Excited was Bobby Burton saying the footwork of Quinn yours, was noticeably improved. Honestly, if I had a little nugget, and I got a ton of random nuggets yeah. here. That one really got me excited because that's one of the basic issues that came back to haunt Quinn. I remember you talking about it really early on Harge last year as a quarterback back, you know, back in the day yourself. Uh, and people don't Hart got offered scholarships to play quarterback at the college level. And yeah,
1: they, yeah. Don't let no, yeah, yeah,
0: the smooth taste fool you, he, man. He, he chose, he wanted yeah. to go to the to the league, all right, and he wanted to go to majors and make some straight cash, homie. You know, too bad they didn't have NIL there. Woo. The man might have been playing two sports over at Texas, but he got offered to play college quarterback, too. He was a great that's athlete. Right. But anyway, I great. That's why, that's why when I refer to the man playing quarterback, he did see one of the first people that pointed out to me that footwork for Quinn was just horrendous. Yep. And that was before it actually came <clears> back to Hunter. He was still making beautiful throws, but you like, man, the footwork actually doesn't line up with the throws all the time it mm-hmm. looks a little lazy. And I think it came back to Hanum Harge. Uh, my man Bobby Burton is saying one of the things he noticed that it was you can tell that it, it is noticeably and not saying it's fixed, <laughs> noticeably improved. So it it definitely was a point, uh is a, a priority for him
2: yeah.
1: uh, in the offseason. Yeah, and, and and it's something too <laughs> that, that I believe that he understood too. Because as a as a competitor, you go back and try to find things that you could have been better at, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that they had the conversations. That's where AJ Milwee needed to come back into play and be like, "Look, man, here's some of the things that we saw that changed your delivery, and maybe some of that too goes mm-hmm. back to the fact that he got hurt,
2: That's and very he true. tried
1: to make an adjustment and compensated another way where he was he was miscalculating." Certain things, but there were things that we saw in the very beginning and you and I would talk about it wasn't always on air. We would talk about it personally. But one of the main things was, hey, man, his delivery is 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 going to be lacking later when he really has to make a throw because you can get away with it on certain things. Short screens, some some uh, some bubble screens, getting the ball to the running backs out of the backfield, Mm -hmm. you can do that. But when you got to drive a ball down the field where you've had success because your arm has been so good, your arm is still good if you use the fundamental part of it to make sure that you make it a deliberate throw. There are certain things that he did, but that's good to hear that he's working on that. And I'll give you a lot of credit, too, because I kept saying he can work on it during the drills, but he couldn't do it during the the actual work that was being done and you kept saying he's got to do it in the off season he's got to get back there and dedicate that time and it looked like he did that he can but
0: it's just really tough cuz there's no time like there's a certain amount of time the coaches get to work yep. with you in the off season unless you are and i'm not this is not a criticism of Quinn Ewers at all more of a critique he talking about a guy that mm-hmm. was out of football for a year plus yep, yep. sitting out so he's a, he's got a lot that I think he's got to catch up with especially in terms of the technique but unless you're just obsessive about your own technique he would have to be like filming his own practice reps yep, yep. and then going back watching his own practice reps and essentially coaching his own technique there are People out there that do that. They're that mm-hmm. obsessive, that compulsive. Uh, I don't know if he was that obsessive about his footwork. Right. And so during the season, in order for you to improve your footwork, that's what you would have to be focusing on. And there's way too much time spent on scheme, too much time spent on the game plan for the opponent. Mm-hmm. Think about it. He doesn't even know the scheme well enough to know the entire playbook. right? So he's still learning the playbook during the season, too. That you know that Some things have to be sacrificed because of the lack of time, and I think ultimately technique. And footwork as yeah, yep. well was sacrificed, but it did come back to haunt him. And not as much, like you said, early on, but when teams figured out that, you know, we got we to gotta force him to process while also making those difficult throws, that's when I think life got really tough for Quinn Ewers. When he was playing against teams that wanted to play man-to-man coverage against Texas, like Alabama did mostly, cause they were like, you know what, we hear a lot about Quinn Ewers. But, hell, man, he ain't got nothing on film. Prove it to me. Prove you can make all these great throws against all my five-star defenders. And he did. (laughs) He can make a ton of them throws. They're like, all right, we can't just give him an easy read pre-snap where it's man coverage and all you got to do is make the perfect throw. He can do that all day. Let's make him process first. Let's make him pre-snap read something and then post-snap have to process it and then let the pre-snap read be different from the post-snap diagnosis and then it ain't about making the perfect throw anymore. It's about processing and diagnosing the defense and then also trying to make the perfect throw. That's when the footwork came back to
1: home. That's exactly what That's ended when, it when the up footwork having... came back to hump. Yeah. When he was just throwing
0: just throwing this willy-nilly and just having to diagnose Owning man coverage. Out there, man yeah. coverage. Oh man, he can throw against that all day, every day. But you have to throw against, you know, design uh, pre snap disguised defenses with three deep safeties, with two mm-hmm. deep safeties. And I just think that's when he got a little bit more discombobulated as a player. I expect him to improve on that this year, though. In terms no doubt. Of his process. No doubt. Uh also by pointed out that he looked at Arch Manning and he thought Arch Manning would not only look bigger than Quinn Ewers. Which, uh, so i got to see Arch <laughs> Manning and Quinn Ewers kind of side by side. But he also thought this, it's looking at him, this natural delivery, the footwork, the that the you know the arm talent that he thinks is the most NFL-ready a quarterback has been when he's entered the University of Texas as a, as a freshman since he's been covering the program, which has been, I think, you know, since like nineteen ninety five, I don't know when, well, early nineties when Bobby started covering the program, right? And that's a that's a big compliment because you've had star quarterbacks, celebrity quarterbacks before. You have Chris Sims came in here as one. Uh, you've had five star, big time mm-hmm. quarterbacks before. You've had coaches' kids before at the quarterback position. Um, but he's saying Arch Manning definitely living up to at least the eye test, living up to the eye test that you would think.
1: Yeah, and that and that's what. I'm glad to hear as well because we've all talked about it and everyone was criticizing across the nation. Why did he get this ranking? Does he really deserve it? Is it his last name? Is he just getting here because of the Manning name and all this other stuff? And then you get a chance to see him up close and personal. And a lot of people are saying he actually looks bigger than 6'4". They said he looks a lot taller than what the the listing is of him because he's, he's a large he's every bit man. of it. He right. fills it out. He carries it. He fills it, it yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. So That's what Bobby
0: kind of said. And I was like, really?
1: Yeah. Yeah. He looks like a different type of player. And again, you know, genetics is one thing, but that, that cerebral part of the game is going to be something that we will never get to see until the games are actually played mm-hmm. because – the Manning family and what they were able to do. And you know, he's been in every type of film session with the uncles and even his father and grandpa, you know, he grandpa. just has that. He just has that, that part of the game that you can't teach, right? You have to be there. You you said it just a second ago. You got to be invested in it. You got to be so consumed by mm-hmm. the process that it kind of leaves you no options. Right? So, he is in that that different area, of, and maybe this is what's pushing Quinn as well. You need because it. Because you definitely yep. know, hey, he's he's going to be prepared because he studies film. That's what he does. He's going to be that guy. So maybe I got to spend a couple more hours in the film room, not just minutes more than him. You need to be in there just as much or even more so. I like that. Because you're going to be pushed because the one thing, you can't go out there and and, and your talent is equal. Y'all all have it. It's the smarts mm-hmm. that goes into it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with you. And I, I I totally agree with the texter. Arch is going to push Quinn. And it's, we need that. Everybody should be That's happy about, about that. Because not only, first of all, whoever the backup is, and it's not going to be, I think, I, honestly, I think Arch Manning is going to be the backup. Yep. I just feel like that right now. I know Malik, you know, you're still waiting on whether Malik Murphy is going to get over it. Was it an ankle, foot injury, whatever it is. I just think the way things are trending. I think he's going to end up being the third-string quarterback, and Arch is going to need a backup. And by the way, whoever the backup is, you're going to need him. Because yep. Texas, I believe, going back since 1999, I believe Texas has needed a backup to play because of injury to the starter or because of you know productivity or lack thereof from the starter uh, only like five times. Mm-hmm. That they it's like I think it's five seasons where Texas has not had to have the backup play because of injury or you know benching your starting quarterback. It's like oh, since 1999, like since 99, it's like 02, 05, 08, 2010,
1: 2019. That's it. Well, as we talked about, you know, as well as (laughs) as I do, that playing quarterback nowadays in any position, actually, you're definitely going to need a backup, and not only that, you need a comparable. Backup Somebody that can come in and continue to extend what you've been doing the entire year. If you plan on trying to make a run, the backup quarterback is definitely going to be the most important part of this team. Not because it's the most popular. No, because it's a necessity. We saw it last year. If if um, Hudson Card doesn't go out there and play oh, well, your season is your season is toast. Yeah, you might There's be a no sick, eight and five. Yeah. You're, a six, no win and five.
0: Yeah. you're a six win team. Yeah, you're six win team. Exactly. I he almost beat Bama on one leg. Thank you. He had a shot at it. I've always Hell, said that. Think about the Big Twelve. One team in the Big Twelve didn't need a backup last year. Yep,
1: Iowa State. And he played the entire time. He's the
0: only one. Everybody else needed to, everybody else's backup had to come in for one reason or another. Hell, look at the NFL playoffs. Same thing. You had Skylar Thompson out there, third string quarterbacks for the Ravens and Mm -hmm. for the 49ers. Yeah, you better get your backup together. You better figure that out. Um, So I agree with you about that. My man CB uh, with a uh, good point, though, here about uh, 98 Richard Walton was the starter, got hurt, Major had to replace him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, now CB a good point to us. He said, and good point here, too, about because uh, Bobby Burton made a comment, too, that this is the most talented the, the quarterback room has been mm-hmm. in terms of arm talent since he's been here. Hard to deny that because you got <laughs> Quinn Hughes and Arch Manning, two of the highest rated quarterbacks in the history of modern recruiting. And Malik
1: got that cannon, too. And Malik's got a cannon, no <laughs> yeah. doubt about
0: that. Yeah. Uh, I think the second most talented QB room was probably when I was here. Uh, and, and CB brings this up. He said, Rod, you're a senior Yeah, you had three five star quarterbacks. In that room with Sims, uh, Chance, Mock, and Vy, yeah, that's a great point, CB. That was a nasty QB room right there, man. Oh, I remember, man. Vy was on the scout team. Yes. Oh, dude, that was better though. That
1: getting it, better. It though. Was,
0: it, trust me, it, it wasn't no picnic for us. Like, <laughs> Vy on the scout team. I'm like, man, this dude should be on the scout team. Dude yeah. should be playing. Uh, but he proved why he should be playing a little bit later on. Uh, yeah. Also, my CB points out Texas has used or needed multiple quarterbacks in 98, 99, 2001, 03, 04, 06, 07, uh, 2011, 12, 13. Uh, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 20, 21, 22. And CB, honestly, 2009, you had to throw out there too. Yes. Because Gary, Gary Gilbert, Gilbert, Gilbert had to come play. in the national title game. Yes. <laughs> I know, so It's, it's yeah. even more than you think. So, yeah, you, you need Arch Manning, he needs to be ready to play. Yep. Right away. All right. And I think a lot of Longwood fans are going to be excited about um, his progression. Okay. uh, Let's get into um, the cuts here from Steve Sarkeesian. Then we get back to some of these uh, news, notes, and nuggets from spring practice. Uh, Sark was asked about Savion Red, actually. And I love this cut because I have been pounding. The table and preaching about positionless football for like five years now. Now it's a popular term. Now you hear it all over the place. But anybody who's listening to me knows I've been talking about it for a long, long time and love to see things we've been talking about for a long time come to fruition. It's great. Just we're just tracking as, as a football theorist where the game is going. And I've been talking for a while. I would love for Steve Sarkeesian to start adopting some of the principles of positionless football. And he he's been really good about being progressive and and on the cutting edge of of certain concepts, right? When I was preaching, hey, we need more two tailback sets. Sark showed you a lot more two tailback sets. So he and you know he's been one of those those coaches that's been willing to evolve. Yep. With the game, and that's why he's, bring, he's bringing in. He had Cal um, Shanahan's coming in for his coaches clinic uh, this this year, and that that gets me excited too because. Nobody specializes in majors in positionless football like Kyle Shanahan. Exactly. He's I mean, he's the dean of positionless football. We're talking about Debo Samuel, the way he uses him, or Kyle Juszczyk, his tight end, uh, the way he uses Kittle. I mean, he's got a Christian McCaffrey now. He he loves it all over the mm-hmm. field. He wants to be basically the NFL's version of a Rubik's Cube. You can't solve it. There are, I don't know, Five, thir- five hundred and thirty million quintillion, if you will, <laughs> different combinations he can throw at you <clears throat> because of the versatility. Here is Steve Sarkeesian being asked about Savion Red, but l- listen how deep he goes into deep, deep down the rabbit hole here, describing how they want to use him in his vision form, and he says everything except the key phrase: positionless football.
2: Well, I think the one thing for Savion Red that it's going to do, he's going to spend a year playing wide receiver for us. Now we're going to train him at running back, and the goal is that we have a guy that can do both, uh, that maybe we can um, put some pressure on defenses when he's on the field, What, where and what and how are we going to be and what formations are we going to be in. You know, we had a real luxury with, with Roshan and Bijan. Those guys were natural route runners and could catch the ball and were very smart and could line up all over the field. We like that in our offense, so we have to generate that. We have to recreate that different ways, and this this is one of the ways that we can.
0: All right, he didn't say it. He didn't say the term. He refused. He refused to say positionless football, yeah. and I think he's doing it just to <laughs> irk me. But he said everything except that, right? right he's like, "We want to use him. I want to. I want him to be a guy that brings versatility and move him in the backfield and run routes." Yeah. And, and Bobby and Jerry Hamilton also remarked that he he looked really good in like the one on ones uh, that was. Available or at least the one-on-ones that they saw in the media window um, when he was running routes. It looked natural there. And they think, you know, that Sark may have a plan for Savion Red. And even if it's not Savion Red who ends up filling, fulfilling this vision that Sark has for positionless football, which it should be, um, that maybe he'll recruit in the future someone who also can fulfill that vision. Yeah. Who can you know what I mean? And I I, I love that. I, hope, I wish he would just use the term, but I think it's coming. <laughs> I think you'll he'll, he'll drop it during the season one one or two times. Well,
1: after your boy comes in and has this conversation and yeah. he brings it up That's a lot and have that, it's gonna be embedded in his mind mm-hmm. and he's gonna be he's gonna slip one day and say just it. Just throw it out there, man. Yeah, you know, sometimes we just de- we
0: develop a world of position. I mean, uh football <laughs> players just adjust. He, he doesn't he, I, <laughs> he, he doesn't want to get he's not gonna do me the justice and do me the honor of dropping <laughs> that term position. Football because he knows I would brag about it for the entire 2023 <laughs> year. So it's like, I'm not dropping that term. Yeah. I'm not gonna give Babers the satisfaction of dropping that damn not term. At all. Not gonna happen. Not hey, doing hey, you know it. what, Stark? I feel you on that. Can't do it. Uh, someone texted me and said, the Rubik's Cube, 43 quintillion different uh permutations, combinations. Oh, wow. I don't know. I'm not that much of a nerd. My point is, that's what you want your offense to almost be. Unsolvable, like or difficult to solve, like a Rubik's cube. I like it, and all the different combinations. That's what a versatile back like Sammy Rick can do. And by the way, Jay Wee can do that too. Oh, hey! And so can J T. Sanders. Come on! And so can Keelan Robinson. What? All three of those guys are versatile enough to be positionless football pieces on Imagine your chessboard, that, bro. They are. I'm just throwing it out there. Oh my goodness! Uh, also, if you want to know what freshman out there looks the part, but also plays the part too, Jonte Cooks the guy. They keep everybody. Mm-hmm. Jeff Howe has raved about him. Uh, you know, uh, Bobby Burton raved about him. Jerry Hamilton raved about him. All guys I follow trust uh, their evaluations, mm-hmm. and they say this guy's legit. I mean, he's polished already. He's gonna play. He's going I don't know what package and how often he's already behind X Men, but Jante Cook's gonna play. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Come on, man. Expect to, expect that to happen. And I honestly, I. The, what I like about him, and I heard Bobby talking about it too, he there's a lot of savvy uh there's a lot of savviness, I guess, overall to his skill set. He does things like come back to the football on uh-huh. routes, which is usually something you gotta yell and you know, scream at young receivers to oh, come back yeah. to the football, don't leave your quarterback off the drive, come back to the football, fight for the football. He does a lot of things naturally. Yep. And I think that's what they really like about his skill set too. Uh dig it. Another guy to keep uh, keep your eye on potentially your boy Ryan Watts. They said he is swole. Like Ryan Watts, basically has been in the gym all damn off season. I hope he's been running too. I'm I'm sure he has because he might be too swole. Now listen, the boundary corner, which is where he's gonna play, it's important because I think he wants to basically be able to cancel out and erase players. Okay. With his, bump and, with his bump and run technique. Yeah. That's why he wants to be powerful. Get him I get my route. hands on That's you, right. and you are canceled. You are not going to be a part of this route today. Yes, the quarterbacks exactly. don't look away from you as soon as I get my hands on you. Because it's here. taking you way too long to get free. I like that, but the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams size, Cardi B size, Megan the Same size, but is, I question his hip. He doesn't have great hip fluidity. His He has tight hips, not loose hips. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can get too swole and then maybe not be able to move. You're not be as agile. So I do wonder about that. As long as he's keeping, you know, the twitchiness. Yep. as He's keeping his quick feet and working with his hips to make them fluid, I'm fine with him getting big. Because honestly, that's how Quentin Jam was. Quentin Jam was huge. He had 36-inch pythons, long arms. But Quentin Jammer never had fluid hips. His hips were tight. Yeah. Got drafted in the top 10. But once he got his hands on you, good yeah, you night. weren't going anywhere. <laughs> that's all she wrote. Yeah. Say to this one. Yeah. Done deal. Uh so that's out there too. All right. Um, oh That's one more of the cut. We'll play that in Rod's rant of the day. There's another cut uh, from Steve Sarkeesian. I think it's really good, and it's about the two areas that they need to improve on the most this spring and this offseason. So we'll get to that coming up. But next segment in Rod's rant of the day, I do want to have the conversation about dual-threat quarterbacks, the greatest dual-threat quarterbacks of all time, how you define those dual-threat quarterbacks, and why Lamar Jackson has solidified himself as arguably the most unique, unique talent to play the quarterback position in the nfl i'll explain right here on ball don't lie i'm not gonna take
2: this anymore find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real
0: you ain't keeping it around my god okay it's happening everybody stay calm oh you've
1: done done it now it's time for rod's rant of the day
2: hold on to your butt.
0: Alright, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. I want to talk a little bit about just dual threat quarterbacks period. Obviously, Lamar Jackson being a dual threat quarterback himself, it's becoming more of a common occurrence um, and a con- somebody, a common thing in the NFL where teams are investing in what can be described as a dual threat quarterback. Now, everybody's got a different definition of a dual threat quarterback. For me, I think it's a quarterback at the NFL level, and this may need to change too because you have 17 games now instead of 16. You can rush for 400 yards in a season, I think you're a dual-threat quarterback. You'll be in that conversation. There have only been two quarterbacks who've rushed for over 400 yards in a season at any time in their career and won a Super Bowl. Russell Wilson, Steve Young. So I think the the definition kind of fits there. That's just my personal definition. Everybody's got their own. But Lamar Jackson, there's no question. You're talking about not only a dual-threat quarterback, but arguably one of, if not the, most unique talent to ever play quarterback in the NFL. Now, if he's not, he's definitely in the conversation. Uh, and here's one of the reasons why. I, I, you know, I do deep dives, rabbit holes. That's my thing. I love to go down rabbit hole. Rabbit holing is what I like to call it. And I went rabbit holing last night about Lamar Jackson. And one of the most extraordinary stats about Lamar Jackson in his career is the fact that he's, he led the Ravens in rushing and passing four straight years. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. They re- no, that is. I'll tell you, that's yes. crazy. Like it doesn't even make sense.
1: Rushing and passing. Rushing and passing. But he doesn't deserve any money.
0: But go ahead, <laughs> continue. Uh, and you know what? It's a, it's a, it's, it's an extraordinary thing. But it also points out some of the the faults in the roster construction around him, which is why mm. a lot of people are or at least pointing out that this may be an indictment ultimately, or these types of stats, just an indictment on the Ravens and their inability to surround Lamar Jackson with talent. And he decided, and this is what I love about a, a players. And I say this all the time. I need a player that's going to put on his Superman cape. I, I need you to do it. I just need, to, I need to, be able to see you can do it. <clears throat> I don't need you to do it all the time. Cause you can't win Super Bowls Just putting on your Superman cape all the time, but every now and then, I need you to just put on the Superman cape and lead the team to a game winning touchdown in spite of all the odds, uh, you know, in spite of the bad coaching, in spite of the lack of talent around mm-hmm. you, bad play calls, whatever. Just rise to the occasion and be better than the circumstances around you. Wheel the team to victory. Yes, I know it sounds cheesy, but we've seen it. You've all we've all seen it like, damn, he just did that, didn't he? Right. And it's, I don't want to see it consistently every every game because that to me is kind of what I'm getting to about Lamar Jackson. I think ultimately the reason he led the Ravens in rushing in, passing in four straight seasons is because he did try to put on the Superman cape too much because he had to. The Ravens have spent the fewest amount of salary cap dollars on offense in the last four years in all the NFL. Say it again, Rob. They have spent the fewest salary cap dollars on offense in the NFL in the mm-hmm. last four years. Mm-hmm. They are second in salary cap dollars spent, second fewest, by the way, second fewest in salary cap dollars spent at the wide receiver position. And the running back room is a mass unit, as we all know. Mm. Uh, so I, I don't think he would need to run as much if he could get a team that is better constructed around him. But I went back and looked at NFL history at quarterbacks who were able to lead their team in rushing and passing. And, and not, hell, not just, in, but four straight years, but do it in rushing passing. What I found was I found 13 players in NFL history, pre Super Bowl era, uh, and obviously post Super Bowl, so post Super Bowl era as well. And I found 13 players. Who can be in this conversation? But if you go look at the guys like Charlie Trippy, um, Robin Tote, Al Darrow, Lenny Moore, those are guys who are pre Super Bowl era. And Lenny Moore did it in 1960 uh, uh, for the Colts. Uh, Darrow did it for the Jets, Jets in 1960. Robin Tote he did it a ton. Actually, he did it uh, in four four different seasons. He did it 51, 52, 56, and 58, and Charlie Trippie did it in 51 and 52. <clears throat> but then you get into the Super Bowl era where the NFL much more modernized, so a lot of those statistical records um, that happened prior to the Super Bowl era, you know, a lot of those could be explained away with you know style of play, with the era that they were living in, that kind of stuff. So in more, for more modern times in the Super Bowl era, You look at Bobby Douglas did in 1972. Randall Cunningham. Dope. He did it. He's this is why Lamar Jackson is indeed unique. Randall Cunningham is the only other player that's done it in four (laughs) consecutive seasons. He did it in 87, 88, 89 and 90. He led the uh, Eagles in rushing and passing. That's freaky. Uh, McNabb did it in 2000. Cam Newton did it twice. Russell Wilson did it in 2017. Josh Allen did it in 2018. Ryan Fitzpatrick's even done it, which is crazy. So, one of those things is not like the other. Jalen Hurts did it in 2021. And then you got Lamar Jackson. Four straight seasons leading a team in rushing and passing. So, that is, that's, that is just crazy to me. That is unbelievable. And that's how unique he is. And I think a lot of that is he's been almost forced to put on his Superman cape way too much because of the Ravens. Truth is they've been cheap. About building Very. a team around them, right, there are certain things in life that you should not skimp on. Right? Don't don't get the <laughs> cheap condoms. All right, condoms is something you probably should try to get the the best brand possible. All right, spend the money on that. The cheap surgery is also not good. Don't 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 listen to anybody trying to get you a two for one on an eye, eye laser eye surgery or something. That ain't good. That ain't worth it. Don't do that. All right, don't skimp on that either. Um, and you know some things like I think if you're an NFL team and you find out you got an MVP caliber quarterback. No matter what their skill set is, man, don't skimp on the supporting cast. I mean, <laughs> this guy's approved hes proven it that he's an MVP. Don't skimp. Don't don't be the the team that decided to the skimp on the supporting cast. Cause to me, that's not frugal. That's cheap, and there is a difference. Thank you. The difference between being—my dad was a very frugal man, but oftentimes he would he would go into the the, the cheap kind of section of things he you know he would he'd wander over into being cheap and you can do that you he heard his f- wallet open and went mm-hmm. yeah he had one of those well, yeah, yeah exactly he had one, yeah, one of those yeah with the, he had the velcro wallet. you right. could actually hear it came open. he never wanted to open that damn velcro and yeah. i didn't hear it open very often either um but yeah that's the difference with being cheap and being frugal and i would you know i don't I don't criticize frugality. That is something that you should encourage. That's being a responsible, uh, you know, responsible with your money. That's being a responsible GM in terms of the NFL. But when you find out you got a, you know, like I said, an a, a MVP caliber quarterback, who's, by the way, was a unanimous MVP. Not- the second time it had happened in NFL history, <sighs> it was unanimous. Don't get me
1: started on you that. You got a bro.
0: unanimous MVP who is as young as Lamar Jackson was. How old was he when he won MVP? 24? Because he's 26 now.
1: Thank you. How old was he when he was a 23 year He's old? He was 24 MVP. or something like yeah. that,
0: so young. At that time, the Ravens should have been, all right guys, let's go. It's it. Let's build around them. Let's go make the trades, let's do everything we can to maximize this window and let's not be cheap about it. Ridiculous. But they were. They were cheap. That so that's I I listen, Lamar Jackson has got some um responsibility in this whole You know, negotiation going haywire and starting to hit a downward spiral. Him not having an agent is a big part of that. But don't get it twisted, man. The Ravens, that was cheap. Yeah. Now I say, be frugal. That's fine. Be fiscal, fiscally conservative, whatever. Don't be cheap. Cheap. They were cheap when they had a twenty-four-year-old MVP, and they decided, nah, you know what? Let's uh, you know, let's pinch some pennies here. Yeah.
2: Well, not, not we, well, and it's the Ravens. So they went. What's our model? We don't pay a quarterback. We pay our defense, and we build a really good defense. And then you have a twenty-four-year-old rookie. Uh, you have a twenty-four-year-old quarterback who's a who's an MVP. And you don't think, hey man, we should probably focus on offense because that's what we have, as opposed to overpaying some of these defensive players who aren't earning it, and we're overpaying them to keep them on the roster. And then we're not bringing, we're not able to bring in new defensive players, really, because we're overpaying some of these other defensive players, and we're just going to continue this cycle of an okay defense now, and never try and help our offense. We never pivoted when we realized we got lucky and hit the lottery on the ding, on the ding, draft, ding, exactly. And <clears> that's <throat> where you go, you're not because it's not like these teams don't spend money; they just decide they're going to keep spending the money on the like their secondary makes mm-hmm. as much money. Their secondary makes twice as much money as their wide receivers.
0: They have, the in the last four years, the second fewest salary cap dollars spent on the wide receiver position in the NFL. They have spent the fewest salary cap dollars on offense in the last four years of any team in the NFL, and that is with an MVP caliber quarterback in his early 20s. Come on, man. And and so, the higher coaches
2: it, and
0: I think John Harbaugh is a hell of a coach. He's one of my favorite coaches in the league, and he is a damn good coach. But keep in mind when the the, the switch from Ozzie Newsom to DeCosta
2: is probably a everything. lot more impactful, thank you.
0: A lot more yep. impactful than we are willing to give him credit for. Sorry, Patrick. Gordon.
2: Yeah, and I mean it's the the fact of hey, you run too much. Let's keep hiring running offensive coordinators who are going to make you run and not hire you, that's you. You are making him run too much. You are calling the plays. It's it's not like he's pulling out of everything and just running the ball or everything's a pass play and he goes and runs. You are calling. You, you've you literally hired coaches with the game plan of let's run Lamar Jackson as much as we possibly can. I'm and waiting. then you go, well, now we don't think you're going to play. You're like, so why would I want to stay? Why would anyone want to stay in a position where you're saying, what we'd really want from you is this, you're a, a MVP caliber player and what we want from you is to shorten your career by into a quarter to help us out could you take less money and we're not going to help you out why, why do you want to leave how are we the jerks in this and and by the way even
0: with them spending the fewest amount of dollars on offense to build him a supporting cast they still went 14 and 2 11 and 5 8 and 3 8 and 4 so i mean and and it, they probably went double digit games in those other years if he doesn't get hurt Right. And the reason, I, like I said, he, he, his style of play, dual threat quarterbacks, like I said, not a lot of them have reached the promised land. I get that. That's why I always said it's, it's kind of like, like trying to marry a stripper. Nobody marries a stripper. Less than 10% of strippers are married because nobody wants to actually marry the stripper. Why? Well, we can get into that. Nobody wants to take the stripper home to meet mom and tell her, hey, what do you do for a living? Oh, she's a stripper. You marry the woman after she gets she's to She's in an entertainment after business. After she's in nursing school or she's become a dietitian, or whatever she's studying while she's stripping. That that's kind of reminds me of being a dual threat quarterback. Nobody wants to really invest in a dual threat quarterback and go all in because they don't want to take the dual threat quarterback home to meet mom. You get my point. Because yeah. right? everybody thinks it's a risque uh, lifestyle. To be a dual threat quarterback too risque to invest in. Just like marrying a stripper might be too risque for you to marry at the time, and that, that lifestyle's a little too risque. Too much going on for me. I needed to be a little bit more settled. That's the same anxiety teams are getting about dual threat quarterbacks. They do. Satchel, Sark, Sark mocks dual threat quarterbacks all the time. Yep. Every time we we bring up quarterbacks running, remember last uh, year or two years ago with Casey Thompson, Nelson Card, he would mock it. And say, like ah, that's not really our thing. We don't we minor in that. We don't major in the quarterback run yeah. game. There are still people that are at least offensive minds that think that is ridiculous to have your quarterback running that much. I just think it's evolution. It's the evolution of the game. It's the just, game it's, has
1: changed quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, the
0: game's just evolving that way. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, if he didn't, if he had more of a supporting cast, they spent more money on supporting cast, you could make the argument he wouldn't have as many injuries. Mm-hmm. That's right. You can make that argument because he wouldn't have to do as much. we wouldn't have to put the Superman cape on all the damn time. He would right. be a quarterback that helps manage the game and distributes to all the talent they have. Ugh. But they don't have that much talent. No, they don't. Because they don't pay for it. No disrespect. But y'all
1: don't, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, you pay got You got the
0: numbers. You know, I mean, the, I mean, the numbers don't lie, guys. You gave since us the numbers. Since they've had him there, they've decided, oh, he's the offense. So we basically have a bargain because he can do everything, mm-hmm. lead the team in rushing, capacity. So we don't need to pay for anything. Well, as Patrick said, we'll devote all the money to defense, which is a flaw. It's flawed logic.
2: Hey, we're only going to draft O linemen.
0: Flawed logic, which is
2: going to help you out. But we're basically we are a we're a team is built on running the ball and playing defense. That is what we are built upon. And just because we hit the lottery, we are not changing that. And then we wonder why you want to leave. Yeah. That's like going to work every day, hitting the lottery, and then when you get off, your wife goes, so where are we going on vacation? You go, oh, I don't take vacation. I work every day. She goes, well, we won the lottery. And you go, no, no, no. <laughs> well, what about building a pool in the backyard? No, no, no. We don't need to do that. <laughs> no, no. We are, a, we are a hardworking blue-collar family. We're, we got $40 million in the bank. Yeah, hard water. You're like, no. You have forty million dollars <laughs> yeah, in the bank. Exactly. Spend the money and
0: and spend it wisely. Yes, spend it on spend it on things. Uh, spend it on assets that appreciate. Yes. Rather than depreciate. And that's why, that's why I would have went with the window on the quarterback side. I Once you figure out he's an MVP and he's he's an elite quarterback, you go all in to give him all the weapons he needs. Thank and you. then you figure out defense pretty much. You figure yes, it, out. It'll, you, figure you, it <laughs> out. it'll figure it out. But right now we have a one of the most unique, if not the most unique talent to ever play quarterback in the NFL, and nobody's got him figured out. And by the way, that's what happened. Remember, Sean McVay famously said, there's no way to prepare for Lamar Jackson. He runs a four three at the quarterback position. We've never really seen it, and for the few times that it has happened, you're a Michael Vicks of the world, maybe a Randall Cunningham's of the world. How many of those guys exist on a roster for an NFL team? Because I gotta put together uh, a, a team for you know the scout team, right? And our scout team needs a quarterback that can re- replicate or simulate a four three that can also throw at an MVP level like Lamar Jackson. And something like they said, they don't exist. Exactly. So when my players see Lamar Jackson on the field, it's the first time they've ever seen anything like it. And it takes them about a quarter and a half to get used to speed like that at that position because they've never seen it in practice. Most of them have never seen it in the game. And the the Ravens didn't use that enough, in my opinion. She went all in because it was so unique. What I always say? How do you separate yourself in the NFL? What do you do? You have to have something unique. A concept, a design, mm-hmm. uh, a, 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 an offense, a play, cash over cap like the Rams. Whatever it is, you have to be doing something that separates you from the, the Eagles with their uh, the the, uh, with the the push, uh, the tush push, yep. whatever it is. You got to be doing something different than everybody else that separates you because the rest of the league they will catch up. It's a copycat league. It just takes them about a couple of years. They'll sit in a dark room somewhere for hours at a time and they will figure you out. It's their job. But while you got that advantage, you better maximize it. And they did not. They wasted it. Yep. They wasted it. All right. Couldn't agree All right. more. All right. We'll come back. We'll get into Austin FC. Speaking of wasting it, uh, Austin FC loses. What? On the other side, right here <laughs> on Ball do no Lie. Wonderful. <laughs> uh, a little iced tea. I like that. Uh, yeah, it is Midweek Movie Music edition of All Don't Lie. New Jack City is the movie that is featured for Midweek Movie Music. Shout out to my man, Patrick. Uh, we're off for early. We've got one more segment. Next segment we'll get into. But before we do that, really quickly, Harge, I know you keep up with Austin FC because you live in a soccer household. Wifey plays yep. soccer at the highest levels. Um, and you, actually, because of your kids and wifey, um, you go to Austin FC games. But yes, also you follow Austin FC. They've gotten up to a bit of a rocky a rocky start, and their uh CONCACAF Champions League debut um has got a lot of Austin <laughs> FC fans oh, that's the best way to describe this, uh anxious, freaked out for some of them. They lost to a essentially uh it was a Haitian team. Yep. Uh that like I guess I don't know much about the Haitian team, I will admit, but it has it is being described as a huge upset and that Austin FC was supposed to win this game, but Josh Wolfe didn't prioritize it because he did not even, actually a lot of his stars didn't even travel. Correct. Sebastian UC Alex Ring uh, didn't even travel, among others, and then he also heavily rotated the players who did actually make the trip. So he didn't prioritize A lot of people think he's just saving the legs for the Saturday matchup that they have with Real Salt Lake. Correct. And rather than focusing on the CONCACAV matchup with but, the Haitian club Violet, I believe it is. Yeah,
1: and they, and they did it over in the Dominican Republic. They yes. don't even have a, a field. But the other part of it is this. They play them again at home.
0: On the 14th. On the 14th. Yes, so yes. they
1: already have a game plan, so I'm sure that all those guys are going to be able to play. They're regular starters. What Josh Wolf had told us from the very beginning, he was going to be able to send those other players over there because it was an opportunity for them to play uh, against their competition. Now, him thinking that and the performance that they had, I didn't think that was part of the process. I didn't think that was going to be part of his thought Process. I think he thought they could go out there and win with using some of the backup players and guys that don't get to play that much. That's where I think he failed uh, everyone, and I think he's going to learn from that.
0: It's a dang coaching mistake. It's a dang coaching. mistake. Okay, now mistake. if it, you say they lost three yeah. nil um, to this Violet team, now yep. does that matter? The points, of course, that come yeah, back to, in the. They need to
1: win four to nothing. The next. So, game. Not, exactly. so right, That's my point. Right. Like,
0: well, yeah, you right. lo- okay? Right. I agree with his theory. Um, or at least his method in theory, I Thank should you. say. Thank you. But why, if you lost 3 0, which is kind of like getting blown out in the soccer world, mm-hmm. now you got to make up for that and you got to win by a certain amount in the next matchup. What well, if they lost just 1 0? Yeah. yeah. That, right?
1: There'd have been a
0: better position. Have been a better position. In better position in that's right.
1: So then they could come back home and play the game. So that's that they why it's embarrassing. Play. That's more why so when you lose. And the fact that Stuver was there. Stuver right. was the goalie. I mean, yeah. that's the thing that you you look at and you're like, oh, okay. So we can't really say that we weren't playing. I mean, they took, they just didn't have the other people that were going to score.
0: But it's an embarrassment right? not only to the Austin FC because Ethan Finley said it's an embarrassing performance for our group, but also to MLS because these are supposed to be the best of the best, uh, best from each league exactly. around the world, and they play in this Concacaf tournament, whatever it exactly. may be. So you're representing the MLS. You're representing American soccer, I guess, too, in a certain way. There's like a patriotic element to this whole thing, yes. too. Yes. And you just. Frankly, it may have embarrassed them all. Yes. Okay. You, you I'm make sure you, I got it right. You are
1: right where you need to be with that <laughs> okay. conversation. I'm make my sure brother. I got it right there. It all was right. not what everyone expected.
0: All right, all right. They got Real Salt Lake this weekend. I think that's what Josh Wolf wanted to focus on. They definitely got to have a bounce back performance. All right, we come back. We'll get into uh, what teams should be interested in one Lamar Jackson and what the Cowboys are looking at uh, from their interviews at the combine. And we'll wrap it up and put it in the oven as well because we got a short segment. All that and more right here on Ball Line want to put on the oh I remember this scene in New Jack City as well not PG13 yeah but it was still a damn good scene yes it was and made a man made an impression on a young <laughs> Teen, was, I, was I a teenager No, 1991
2: teen is when it came I was out. a preteen. You was a oh, preteen. Pre- oh, I should have been watching that. <laughs> then. I mean,
0: was, oh, You know, I was thinking about all types of stuff, but I, heard, I saw this scene. I was like, Whoa, what? Okay. Uh, yeah. Grew up a little too fast. Yeah. Uh, there you go. A midweek <laughs> movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. Thanks, my man Patrick. Keeping us on our toes. We appreciate his efforts. Uh, you can always be a part of the show. We appreciate your participation. 512-337-3776. That's the number to the spec text line. You can reach out to us via Twitter. Hard uh, Harge is at Hardball Harge. Any Twitterverse, and my man Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. Any Twitterverse. I'm at Rod Babers. All right, we'll uh, push Cowboys conversation to tomorrow, and Todd McShay mock draft conversation to tomorrow. You know, it ain't going anywhere. Right, right. The mock draft be will be there. Uh, we talked a lot about Lamar Jackson today. I'll just ask you guys this before because I know we're up, we're really close to it and we're getting ready to get out of here. How do you think the Lamar Jackson story ends? Ugly. Give me your <laughs> ugly. Give your best – just give it to me real quick. Who, how do you think it ends? With Ravens? Ravens, uh, not with the Ravens, like how does it end I for think you?
1: he ends back up. I think he ends with the Ravens. I think he <laughs> truly does. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I'm saying it's an ugly situation. And I, if I'm him, I'll accept the – it's almost like the Kirk Cousins situation, right? Every year he was on the franchise tag. Mm. And every year he made top dollar. He did. The entire time. And he bet on himself every single year. And Kirk Cousins has accumulated so much money because it's all guaranteed per year. And he's going to put himself in there. Now, we all want the longevity. I totally get it. I think he deserves longevity. But if they're going to play this game with him, because next year they can't put him on the franchise tag. No. Because he's had both. Yeah. So I play it out, and then I'm a free agent, and I and they get nothing
0: yeah i yeah I'm with you on that. I think right now it's trending toward him ending back up with the Ravens. He needs one team to offer him a, yeah. a fully guaranteed deal and i now I just don't see a team doing it
2: no, I think he ends up back on the Ravens. I wouldn't be surprised if we sat out the year though
0: i i would, i would discourage that i I, I would him. discourage it too, yeah, but I would do discourage
2: it. doing it without an agent, so That's true. we will see yeah
0: i just yeah just man his 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 i his, his career and his legacy him sitting out one year, oh man, in his prime like this too. No, I, I
2: agree. I don't want right. to see him sit out of here, yeah. but I could on see him. I could see him basically going, "Y'all colluded to keep me away from getting the contract. You will not let me leave. I will never play another down he's for the, Bar- the Baltimore up. Ravens." Yep. Yeah, he's gonna blow Like you up. can just simply say, "Go, you guys. You guys are actively holding me down. I'm not gonna reward you for it." It's the kamikaze option for him. Yeah, yeah, so you can trade me. You wow. can do whatever. I'll go play for someone lose. else. Yep. He's like, But I ain't lose. playing for you ever again. He's game. like, we all lose. Yeah. I
0: lose. You lose. The team loses. Fans lose. This is the all, everybody it, loses the scenario. It
2: depends what's been said in that room to his face. Right. That's
1: so what I, I, I've been saying it the entire My time. i just been saying it. From the very beginning, this was going to be a bad, bad situation because you are now the only person that is in that room getting told how bad you are to your face and yeah. why I'm not going to pay you that money.
2: And to the text who asked if I regret not picking the Lions, that is my gift to every Lions fan out there that I didn't pick them.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm a Lions fan. <laughs> yeah, it's my gift.
2: My hey. gift is my curse not being placed upon that team. Oh exactly. I love it. Hey, I don't worry.
0: Hey, you know what? The Raiders still
2: need a damn quarterback. They do, but know, they are the not in the hunt. Because they don't crazy. have money They're going to call Either. it Tom Brady when he's 55 years old and hope that helps him out. Because, <laughs> because you
1: know why? We don't need
2: quarterbacks.
0: Everybody been talking about quarterback situations. No, now Will Levis is going to
2: be better. Don't worry. Exactly. I know.
0: No, it's the mystery box. They'd rather have the mystery box of the draft than have Lamar Jackson, a proven commodity. You want behind door <laughs> number one
1: or door number two? Mystery box. Right boxes. here is a brand new car, but you never know what's
0: behind that door.
1: Mystery you box. got a bag of peanuts.
0: <laughs> mystery box, man, is always exciting. Exactly. Uh, Alright, what you got on tap tonight, Hart? I'm going to go and
1: hang out with the fam because I've been Been so busy, so I'm gonna go do that. Son's got basketball stuff, so I'm gonna do that. But I'm also gonna be following Texas baseball, Texas baseball first pitch 630 uh, Tom Barfield and Ty Harrington on the call they will be taking on Mercer surprise surprise nice. Ace
2: Whitehead starting pitcher tonight hope he lives up to his nickname uh, what you got on tap Patrick Big 12 tournament kicks off tonight Ooh. couple games see you Texas plays tomorrow oh that's gonna be fun
0: alright so we'll talk a lot of Texas basketball tomorrow we'll also get back to some of the NFL news notes and nuggets uh, tomorrow also we're off a little bit early so all week long man we got short shows right. I want to thank all you guys for your participation remember the revolution when I be telling us to talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that take care of yourself. We're more important to take care of each other. Peace.